0: bright spots of this playoff season
1: tom brady yeah. really
0: really lost this year it was really yeah. funny yeah
1: <laughs> 80 huge for brady in theater too yeah huge cultural w there Ugh, what a really it's crazy that uh, maybe the worst trailer i've ever seen
2: that 2018 super bowl is when i first met jesse and Emilio. That,
3: is, <laughs> that was our first interaction really on Discord.
2: you're like let's hang out let me find a group to hang out well with. i think Before i took to like a couple months off after that and sure. then came back later <laughs> <laughs> i was like this is kind of intense <laughs> <laughs> cloverfield, cloverfield paradox and people acting crazy yeah um uh, yeah, remember when Ava uh, was like us... something big's happening?
1: <laughs> of course, yeah. Join us next week for our Cloverfield paradox episode. But for now, welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined on an early morning by
0: Andy Grubig. It's nine fifteen a.m. It's not like it's seven a.m. or anything. It's you know, well, it's, and it's, it's 8, 14, earlier than we've recorded. <laughs> <in us. laughs> yeah, sure.
1: I'm Andy Grubica, I said that, anyway.
2: Colin (laughs) Ashley,
1: Emilio Diaz. Alright, I think today we're probably going to spend the bulk of time talking about the uh, lineup announced for the Berlin Film Festival. Uh, But we do also have a few movies that we've seen from the Slamdance Festival that we'll get to at the end. And I think also before that, we're going to get into some news that is not Berlin-related, and is mostly, or perhaps entirely, Sundance-related. Right. We're in the uh, thick
0: of Sundance right now, as you're listening to this.
1: Yep, of course. As you're listening to it, we're heading into the, the, uh, the get, final right? stretch. Yeah. Uh, right now, we're more in the thick of things. Uh, the online platform opened yesterday. That's we right. I had... Uh, a weekend of premieres, uh, but yeah, let's, let's maybe start at the, uh, with the, the one bit of, uh, lineup news that we got, which is that, of course, right before the festival started, they added a movie that I assume hasn't premiered, or perhaps has premiered and no one cared, which is, uh, Doug Lyman's documentary about wow. the... Brett Kavanaugh allegations. Yeah. This is something that,
0: like, it broke through because my dad asked me about it. He's like, did you wow. hear about this Doug Lyman, Brett Kavanaugh? Yeah, I don't think he said Doug Lyman, but <laughs> did you hear about this Brett <laughs> Kavanaugh movie? And, and then he was like, well, I've... Because also the other thing was, like, immediately after it was announced, apparently they got, like, dozens of more tips about Kavanaugh. Or whatever, so I guess I
3: saw that news that I, I have yeah, not okay. heard anything
0: qualitatively about the right. film. So I cool guess now. they're gonna I, keep like just... working on it and like adding stuff potentially based on
3: all these okay. tips that they're getting. I like to imagine Andy's dad being like, "Hey, you heard the director of the Born is <laughs> out here making it? <laughs> text remain? Text
2: remain's It's like." That movie we all love, Fair Game. <laughs> he made something. Hand
1: competition title.
2: <laughs> yeah, remember Chaos Walking? <laughs> that guy finally came back.
3: Lockdown's Chaos really walking. underrated, you guys.
2: <laughs> Do we know? Chaos Walking sounds
3: like the friggin' Supreme Court. In my uh, right books. This is a
2: very, a uh, very weird road to go down quickly. But <laughs> have you all seen? Because Chaos Walking is like. Isn't it like there's no women in the world, and except for one, and they find uh, it's become like a uh, <laughs> people like, use it for like small penis means. <laughs> it's like a no, GIF of Tom know. Holland like hiding from dangerous things in Chaos Walking. It's right, because like, uh, so right, no I remember there being that a,
0: a gag. Right. Like that. I remember hearing <laughs> about there being a gag about that because like he's like self-conscious. You can
2: cause... hear he can like hear her thoughts or whatever. Right. It's something like that, or she can hear his thoughts, and he's like... I
0: think so. Yeah. There's right. There's some gag that has to do with, yeah, anxiety about that, because there's only one of one gender or something. I don't remember yeah. exactly what it is, but... Uh, really, really funny. Yeah. Though.
1: That movie was in, uh, not even pre-production hell, production hell, for so long. I right, it, yeah. There were, like, a bunch of reshoots, a uh, bajillion people rewrote it. Right. Uh, and then no one saw it. That's right. Uh, and I mean, mo-
0: it came out, of... like, early, early, in terms of movies coming back after the pandemic. But or, Right, yeah, pandemic. that's
1: what they, that's what they did, of course. Yeah. Um, and then most of what we have is, uh, um, just, like, pick up news and this movie sounds good. The, the other thing that is not that is, uh a news item that Andy shared with us that I think is interesting, and immediately was like, oh, it would be good to be prepared to talk more in-depth about this, and immediately I was like, oh, this is just too complicated. Uh, But, uh, we had the jury walking out of the magazine dreams premiere uh, because the festival, yeah, the Jonathan Majors movie, which has gotten some uh, interesting reviews, yeah. uh, but because the uh, captioning device that they gave to Marley Matlin was not working, which is, of course, a problem. And I, I feel yes. like in this Variety article that they did the reporting on it, there's a lot of sort of, like, you can sort of tell that, like, in their reporting, there were, like, different parties sort of trying to throw blame at each other, like, the mm. The festival being like, oh, it's actually the filmmakers who didn't want to provide us with an open caption version because... And, like, it, I, I, I believe it is the case that it, like, takes resources and time to, like, produce a second DCP of something. Sure. Uh, yes. Yes.
0: And also I believe Which is not like to the-
1: say I don't know why they couldn't <clears throat> closed caption it just on the screen, but Well that's know. what o- that's what open captions are is closed captioning on the screen.
0: Isn't I guess
1: I guess so. Closed captions um, is
0: closed captions means you have to opt into it, so it's like you
1: you like when right, you, you have to turn I it on see. on your TV. Open so captions closed, is just Right, there. right, right. I see I see what you mean. Um uh-huh. Right, I guess it, I mean, yeah, they would have just had to do, like, the thing that you do at the theater where you have, like, a larger thing that's for everyone with the captions, uh, if they were going to closed caption it more, uh, w- in a way that wouldn't depend on individual devices. But anyway, it is right. just, like, it's it it does just, like, strike <laughs> me as interesting of, like... I I see the arguments of, like, I can see why uh, a filmmaker would be like, eh, this is the big premiere of my movie. Like, I, I, I don't buy the argument that, like, there's no difference between showing a movie with captions and without for people who can hear it. Like, it, you know, like, film is a, a visual medium, and you are changing the image, even if it is slightly. I think it is a very reasonable accommodation to make but it it is one that has some effect on the movie uh and they right. you know i think there's somewhere and like i've had a lot of thoughts about subtitles where like i don't even think captioning is the most effective uh form of accessibility like i mean i, I don't think i talked about on the podcast like going to see the frederick wiseman movie and being like this is just all text and i cannot keep up with it because uh, the movie's in French.
2: It's like uh, Shin Godzilla. It's like people I, talking, and it's like Right, I mean, and there's, like there the, like there's the Miyazaki thing. Throughout.
1: Sure. I mean, there's the Miyazaki thing about how he said, like, I would rather people watch dubs of my movies, because, like, I understand that they want to get the original performances, but also I don't want them to be distracted from my images by having to read text. Yeah, and, like, I, sure. I get that. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. Which is to say, anyway, I think if the festival is going to pride themselves on accessibility, especially to the point of uh, inviting Marley Matlin to be one of their chairs, it is still embarrassing to be like For it sure. didn't work. And I, you know, and <clears throat> you I think. Know, in, in, I think you.
0: In the reporting, they did say like they were able to fix it like immediately afterwards, and they were all going to like be able to see the movie again later that week. So like, it's yes. like it is more symbolic of a problem and, like you know it was a problem yes. in the moment that like has been resolved but yes. like they they talk about yes in the in the article there's some interesting stuff like there that people that filmmakers and and producers and stuff are hesitant to give open captions cuz they think it's right. maybe less likely to sell uh, right if it's being i forgot about with that captions piece, on the screen is, um yeah, that's and but also like yeah. the other thing is like i jeremy o'harris who's also on the jury was tweeting and was specifically pointing out, like, I'm not We're sure curious. if you've ever seen those closed captioning devices that they have at movie theaters, but like, they go in cup holders, right? They, that's like what their design is. is like, right. you put it in a cup holder and then like sort of position it in front of you. And like, these are movies are screening in theaters that are like not necessarily designed for these devices. Like, uh-huh. they're pre- they're presenting uh-huh. them in like prop in like legit theaters. Yeah. Like, and so I feel like that mm-hmm. is also potentially part of the problem with this. That makes sense. Um, yeah, but it is also interesting because like. At the European festivals, like basically everything has right. some form of subtitles, right? Like yeah, if it's either absolutely yeah. Like it's either I mean, in I the, the language of the country it it's in or it's in English if it's if that if that movie is. Yeah. In, I think like, yeah.
1: I think often well, I think often it can you will get movies that have both French and English subtitles.
3: Yeah. Uh, that's how I watch the EO, uh, Layla's brothers. They will have the French yep. ones on the screen, and then they will have like a screen, a, a, like a little like, uh-huh. text. So that right, that is that, that is
1: closed one. captioning. So yeah, sure. uh, and yeah, and so I think the thing is just like, and like I was just like doing. I, I the thing is just like I understand filmmakers having this opinion. Uh, or, or, you know, producers being concerned about this for their silly producer reasons. But, like, if you have that concern, don't submit your film to a festival that is uh, priding themselves on accessibility in this way. And if you're Sundance, make clear to the parties when they are submitting, this is a thing that is important to us. You've got to you know it's a condition of playing your movie at our festival yeah and that that was that was going into the like the little bit of reading that I was trying to do just to be like this feels like there's a lot of stuff going on and like maybe I would love to like find someone to talk to about this but I I was reading a little bit about uh accessibility studies in an article about translation for uh film and video And the the big thing that they were talking about there was the the thing that people have found in accessibility studies is that, like, really you have to start thinking about accessibility in whatever form as early as possible Mm -hmm. in the process, which was just, like, an interesting, like, oh, that's a totally different way of thinking about it uh, from what I would have thought of. Like, not just, like making sure your movie gets subtitled but like making sure you are making a movie that is you know easy to subtitle and will make sense to subtitle so and like I I have lots of questions about that I'm like that's that's interesting that that's the conclusion that they've come to uh so maybe more on that if I continue reading about that or find someone to talk to about subtitling yeah uh but anyway, yeah, I mean, there's been, it seems like the the market has been pretty robust. Uh, there was a,
0: yeah,
2: a... some big sales happening.
1: Lots of, yeah, lots of seven-figure deals. Uh, I know Fair Play went to Netflix. Uh, Florence son went to Apple... Uh, Andy's favorite theater camp, which we'll talk about next week, went to Searchlight, and they are planning a theatrical release, which is
0: interesting for
1: Searchlight.
0: Well, this this is the thing about Searchlight, is they're no longer under the HBO deal, where their movies, if they premiere in theaters, have to go to HBO at the same time. So, I think they're going to be much more free Why is why yeah. are
1: they? Why are they putting? If the HBO deal ended this year, why Night, is Night, Night Bitch going yeah. straight to Hulu? I wonder if we will hear something about that. I wonder. I do wonder. Maybe. Um. Yeah. What else? Uh. Movie, but uh. Passages, which I think we we talked about last week. We're excited for the Iris Axe mm-hmm. film. That that's also interesting because his last, at least three movies have been distributed by. Uh, Sony Pictures Classics. And I was seeing someone say, like, I hope they don't buy it again because Sony Pictures Classics is always pulling the qualifying release. The movie doesn't actually come out until, like, February. Right. Which, normally I agree with, he is the one director who they've not really pulled that with. Right. Frankie came out in September and just came out. Love is Strange came out in... Yeah. Maybe September, October. Little Men came out in, like, June. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it's Mubi, uh, and, like, I, we, we, not to get into the Oscars, but I feel like there was some discussion of, like, oh, movie's not a good enough distributor to right. get and decision to leave any nominations, yeah. and it is, like, that matters less than the fact that, like, they did seemingly get people to see it. Sure. Yeah, so uh, I mean, it, it, it was everywhere. Yeah. I,
0: it played yeah. locally for, like, set, like, extended yeah. this run a couple times here. Like, it was, yeah. people were seeing it. um yeah. Also, like, you know, I don't know if Oscar's ever gonna care about Park as an artist, unfortunately. But, um...
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, yeah. the... They, you know, I I would imagine that, like, uh... Some studios could have gotten it the for the international film sure. nomination, but right. I think it is good that that was not what movie's priority was because they, yeah. I'm sure, do have less resources not having been around. And so I think putting those resources into getting that movie into theaters and making people see it, and, like, you know, it did very well with uh, critics' lists and things like that, that seems like a much better way to put those resources forward. So I think, uh, you know, it was... I think it was CJ Prince who I saw tweeting, like, it's very silly to be like, uh, movie was a bad distributor for this film. They did a good job, and, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, continue to do good jobs with movies. Um, yeah, I think that's good on Sundance, other than a, a movie that we'll get to when it pops up in the Berlin lineup. Uh, so we're just gonna go through sections. Uh, I think just start at the top with competition, and then yeah, uh, get. I'll I'll have something to say about many, but not all of these movies, and then uh, we will uh, I'll, a few things to say about movies in other sections, right? Um, and so
0: yeah, yeah, I'm sure you'll imagine you'll have some things to say about the press conference itself as well.
1: Sure, I'm sure that'll come up. Yeah, yeah. which, yes, of course, I woke up at 5 a.m., a little before 5 a.m. Monday morning, as is, you know, three times a year. It's the three best mornings of the year. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so starting with... Uh, I guess I'll start with uh, The Shadowless Tower, which is a film by uh, Zhang Lu, who's a director who I I heard, like, a few days before the press conference, like, oh, he's gonna be back in competition, because he was last in Berlin competition, I think in 2007, Uh, and that was with a movie that was made in China, Uh, but he is, I, I believe he is, of Korean heritage and grew up in China and started making movies in China but then since this movie that was in competition he's made a lot of movies uh, he went to Korea for a while and made like a lot of movies that like have actors that you'll recognize uh, speaking of uh, Decision to Leave I think he's worked with Park Hae il a few times uh, Park Ho-dam So-dam, uh, in some of his movies uh, also worked with uh, some of the Hong Sang-soo company, I think, uh, and his movies, like, sound a little in that vein, though I've, also, uh, you would also see people on Letterboxd being like, eh, I kind of get it, but not really, but anyway, this movie, he is, uh, back in China, uh, I think his last movie was as well, but, uh, you know, uh, a bigger platform than he has had in quite a while, and, like, just, like, hearing about this made me interested in watching some of those older movies, uh, as well. Uh, another filmmaker who's just back with his first movie in a while is, uh, Christoph Hochhausler, uh, a German filmmaker, a uh, part of that sort of, uh, Berlin school of, like, Petzold and Chanelek, who we'll get to later, also directed the, uh, the third of the Dry Leben series, sure, which is a trilogy Graf, of yeah. films that, uh, yeah, Petzold and Dominic Graf, uh, did the other two of, uh, one that was totally just, like, out of nowhere, but then I was like, oh, that's interesting, is, yeah. uh, Blackberry, directed by Matt Johnson, But I feel like we have had discussions about Nirvana, the band, the show. Because it, like, showed it, um... Tiff, and I know you know more about it than I do. Yeah, I mean, and Uh, then, um...
2: What's the, uh, uh, like, Wii Shopping Channel videos? Classic. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and
1: I think he's made movies that have premiered Tiff, too. Uh, I I feel like, um...
2: Is what it called was the Oscar Avalanche? Warmth. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. like the the sort of faked moon landing one, and then uh, he made that movie, The Dirties, that I think was a Sundance movie, or maybe even okay. Slam Dance. Um, maybe, uh, but yeah. Then okay. yeah, so, but anyway. Yeah, this so guy this guy, Matt Johnson,
3: I did see this guy at TIFF walk into <laughs> women talking, the woman talking press greeting and then walk out before the movie started. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, you know, maybe you just wanted to check out the vibes. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so so I heard this movie announced, and then I was like, "Oh, that guy, that's interesting, and he's in Berlin competition." Uh, but then the I don't know anything about the movie other than I guess it has to do with blackberries. But then I look at the cast, and it's yeah, like, right: J. Barichel, Glenn Howerton, Matt Johnson, the director, Carrie Ellis, and Saul Rubinek. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting so, assortment of folks. Yeah. The press still
3: to me uh, suggests
0: comedy. Yeah,
1: and he is yeah, he is uh a comedy a guy. Comedy guy. Yeah. yeah. A funny guy, yeah. is my impression. But anyway, I will be and this movie also is already uh IFC Films has sure. uh North American distribution for it, so Nobody perhaps has
3: ever seemed more IFC film <laughs> yeah. of yeah. this sense. Yeah. yeah, it might as well be called Always. Well, off, there's
1: off. There's, a, there's there is another one coming up, <laughs> in the chapters, I think. Uh but yeah, so perhaps we will see for ourselves what this is sooner rather than later. Uh, last time Jay Baruchel was in a uh, a y movie, uh, a competition at a European festival was Cosmopolis, and that movie's great, and he's good in it. Um, but yeah.
2: Uh, Wait, Disco Goon Two: b- Last of the Enforcers was that can?
3: Uh, and that's right. It
1: well, yeah. It, it won Best Director. I think. Yeah. That's right. Um,
3: won <laughs> Best Goon. It Carrie Terry Yeah, the the other yeah, Palm D
0: <laughs>
1: I don't do good. That's right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, you already said it wasn't that early.
2: You, I know. Yeah, so. I retracted <laughs> my earlier statement. It's early. Yeah. If you. I flop, it's too early.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you should retract the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um. But yeah. So uh, a debut film from Giacomo... Abruzzese, uh, an Italian director, that I, another one that I was aware of before the festival as something that would pop up, but only because uh, it stars Franz Rogowski, uh, favorite of most of us, yeah. most yeah. of the podcast. Um, I but yeah, that, it, I, I believe the it, it has something to do with him trying to join the French Foreign Legion in order to. Get French citizenship. I don't know. It doesn't look especially interesting. But he's Franz Rogowski. You gotta have him in the Berlin competition. He's there. Marion Cotillard now, I guess, because um, he's not in the pet sold. Uh We've got Philippe Garrel back. Uh, yeah, in color. Was in, yeah, right. In color was in uh, Berlin competition with his last movie as well. This one also stars. All three of his Star, children. Yeah, stars and three that, girls. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, he's obviously Louis and Louis has been in a number of his films. Esther so was in. Um, yeah, she. I know and the she was in. Women. And the uh, what's the one after that? Uh, the oh, it is just one after that. I think. Yeah. Whatever. The one with
2: Chauvelin. Um... Right. Oh, what is that called? Oh. It's
1: something... Lover it, for, it. yeah, Love for a, a day. day. Yeah, Lover for a Day. And then Lena Guerrelle has also acted, though maybe not in any of his movies. Anyway, I think it, they play, like, a, a family of puppeteers or something. We mentioned this <laughs> the a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, the plow. Le Grand chariot. I,
2: mean, I haven't gone back to grill really, since we did that episode in 2021. But I do, Yeah, like, I've basically liked everything I've seen from him. Yeah, it's um, good exciting for something new i really like salt of tears Um,
1: yeah i mean also like with the we've at this point sort of lost all of the uh, early french new wave directors and so he's kind of even more of an elder statesman at this point um another elder states person uh this time german uh, Margarethe von trotta Uh with I think her first movie in a while. I believe she was the third juror that for platform the year that we were at Tiff with uh Bellatar and Lee Cheng Dong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh uh I I don't I don't know if she was being quite as gregarious as Bellatar was, (laughs) but uh and this one, uh, stars Vicky Creeps, uh another favorite. Uh it's, it's a, in general, it's a, a strong German year. Like, it's five directors who people know about. Most, uh, many of them have uh, famous actors in them. Another one of them, uh, Emily Otef, who was in a certain regard last year uh, with a movie also starring uh, Vicky Creeps, uh, that was also Gaspar Uliel's last performance. Uh, and this one is called. Someday we'll tell each other everything. Or, uh... I'm not even try and say the, uh... German title. Very long.
0: It sure is. Has uh, a lot over, over yes. a letter?
1: Yeah. Only one, though. Yeah? That's, that's a low umlaut ratio <laughs> for that many German letters, I think. Uh, one that caught my attention, even though it wasn't by a director that I've heard of... Uh... Mal Viver, Bad Living, uh, Portuguese film by Joao Canijo, which is mainly stood out because there's another, uh, film in Encounters, uh, By the same filmmaker that is called Viver Mal or Living Bad, uh, which was that 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 was doing a a thing, uh, folks. He's doing something, right? I mean, that was (laughs) that was a fun uh, that was a fun press conference moment where he was he did encounters first, and he was like, "And we'll talk a little more about this director and what's going on with this film when we get to competition." He uh, knows what so is he cooking. Yeah, excited to see what's up with those. Um, Manadrome, a movie I've been aware of for a while, uh, and it's now plopping itself. Uh, I, I guess it will be the attempt to get the Eisenberg sons back on track. Of course, uh, huge success in. Uh, Fleshman is in trouble waylaid by the American release of when you finish saving the world but now he's back with manodrome a movie about uh, toxic toxic masculinity I guess uh, Great. he's looking crazy in this still adrian, adrian brody's, brody's play he's playing like a cult leader i think
2: yeah you can that'll be good.
1: someone look up someone look up what adrian brody's character is named on imdb it's funny I um but yeah know. odessa young also in it it's kind of a uh a, a union of uh some of me and andy's tv projects uh,
2: he uh adrian brody of course plays dad dan <laughs> That's right,
3: and I who does oh, it says um, Dad Dan? I thought I said Dan Dan for a second. I was like, I was gonna, like up, who up, does up, up, uh, a panda in a zoo?
1: There's keep going. There's another someone's playing a similarly named character. um, let's Dad see.
3: Leo Ethan Supley, Yep.
1: So yeah, my name is Son, Son, Brad, Son Aaron. Dad uh, yeah, lots of dads. Uh, John Trengrove oh.
2: is a, a South
1: African director, I think.
2: The guy from My Giant is in it. Sure. Jorg oh. Mursein. No, don't know. I, yeah. You don't know My Giant? He was also that nope. basketball player. He played on the former Washington Bullets. I. My Giant, sure. the Billy Crystal movie, where he becomes friends with a guy who's really tall. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Colin, you
0: want to just take over the rest of the podcast? Just keep referring <laughs> to <on laughs> <us? laughs> That's all I yeah. I thought my giant would spark conversation joking, for days. <laughs>
2: awesome. All right. Uh, the, yeah.
1: the aforementioned Angela <gasps> Shanalek, uh, who I think I've been mentioning for a while because they're basically since berlin ended last year there was like oh maybe she finished her new movie is is gonna be at a different film festival Uh, and that did not happen she is back at berlin with music uh which is apparently an oedipus riff uh which i guess like she uh there's is it there's been literary like uh the dream what's the one i saw The one I saw that was her last movie had a bunch of Hamlet stuff in it, mostly uh... in the form of students reading Hamlet, uh, which, of course, led to one of the worst TIFF questions uh, I've ever seen, in which someone asked her uh, how she could portray students who are that bad at acting in uh, reading i've told this story on this podcast yeah. many times um
2: uh, I, I was at home but
1: yes that's what it's called i need to i need to get like give get, get a little more back into her i i don't feel like i really got that movie but would like to give uh her movies another look before this one makes it stateside Uh, Speaking of stateside, a movie that premiered stateside at the Sundance Film Festival, Uh, Past Lives, the Celine Song movie, which, of course, I've been very excited about for a long time. Uh, I reread uh, Tom and Eliza, her play that I really like last week, and it's still really good. Uh, this movie was uh, received pretty ecstatically at Sundance, uh, yeah. and then I, I think I heard right before the Sundance premiere, oh, this is probably going to be in competition at Berlin too, uh, so br- get, remain very excited. Yeah. Did it get distribution yet? Yeah, it's a, it... it's been a 24 oh, sh- since the beginning. Right, right, right. okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, they produced it. Uh, so yeah, hopefully they will put out sooner than later uh unlike certain other movies that just came out and waylaid the Eisenberg on uh i'm sure that will not i'm sure that will not happen with this movie uh but it it could be a fall movie they might hold sure. it for yeah. fall festivals uh especially given the reception uh we've got of course christian petzold is back with uh a movie that we Thought it would be called The Red Sky, but no, no. In English, it is called A Fire. Right. Uh, the German title is Roter Himmel, which I believe translates to The Red Sky. Right. Um, his, but uh, Paula elements Beer, movies yeah. Movies. Paula Beer is, yes, his Elements movies. Uh, but it's a trilogy, so we don't know what the last right. element's going to be. And, if yeah, it's,
0: and, and Pixar's Elemental going to beat him to the punch, going to really take the wind out of his sails. That's yeah. an
1: interesting theory, a very interesting theory, Anthony. Um
3: <laughs> what, what if the third element he just goes like he just swerves and it's a per- it's like periodic table. He right. just goes like magnesium. I, would say, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean that'd yeah, yeah. be cool. <laughs> yeah, be like, let's see what this choice. is. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, uh, Nicholas Philibert is a documentarian who I feel like was, like, bigger in, like, the early 2000s. Like, if you go look at the They Shoot Pictures, Don't They list of the best 21st century movies, it feels like he has one or two in there from, like, the early 2000s that are just, like, these were a big deal at the time and they're Mm -hmm. still hanging out on this list. Uh, But he has made movies more recently. I feel like he had a movie that maybe premiered in a sidebar at Berlin a couple years ago. Uh, but he's in competition now. Um, doo, 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 doo. Uh, Makoto Shinkai's new film, uh, which I believe came out in Japan last year, uh, Suzume is another one that they had the international premiere of. Uh, I'm under the impression it was a hit. Uh, I'm sure will be out in the United States at some point this year uh you know yeah. director of i guess the... it came
3: out such a long time ago but i did look at this and was like that's a that's like a, feels like a crazy get for berlin like you directed like the sixth highest grossing movie in the history of sure Japan.
1: yeah i mean right because i heard like oh they've got the international premiere of it uh and i was like oh that's interesting i guess it'll be out of competition and then it popped up here in the competition which you do not see a lot of any type of animated movie in competition at festivals yes. uh you know for
3: those who haven't seen the trailer, I would recommend watching it. sure, there is certainly a twist in it. I've not seen any of their movies
1: no i mean, I mean the your name was big, weathering for you was slightly less big here, but yeah, um
3: I like them both they're not I don't think they're great, mhm, they're pretty good, yeah. They look very nice. I'll show sure. that about it, Sure. Yeah. And um, yeah.
1: There's... Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and yeah. There's a few more. Uh, they, you know, hopefully we'll hear more about when they premiere, and we'll talk about them. I don't have anything to say about them at the moment. Uh, going through, uh, um encounters uh which has been uh, an exciting section the last few years uh we've got a new film from uh dustin guy defa uh who i didn't know was working on a new film yeah, uh, made person to person several years ago uh with michael Sarah, who's back in this one uh which is called the adults uh hannah gross also in it uh, that, that was, uh, a great Carlos Chatriano at the press conference where, I mean, Hannah Gross has, like, been in a number of, like, movies, uh, has worked with, uh, Matthew Porterfield, who's, uh, a Baltimore director, um, uh, Sovia Badanovich, I think she's in a few of her movies, uh, but, uh, he was like, who I hope that you all remember from the wonderful television show Mindhunter. <laughs>
3: that's
1: Because uh, she plays uh, Groff's girlfriend in the yeah. first season. And then, uh, Sophia Lillis, who I was like, that's a vaguely familiar name, and she maybe looks a little familiar. And then I looked her up and it was like, oh, she was one of the It kids. Yeah. And she's going to be in the Asteroid Keep City. The, the and then I was she like, oh, projects. I did this... I did this exact same thing uh, several months ago because, of course, I saw her on the stage in Heroes of the Fourth Turning. Uh, right. and she was very good in that. Uh, so, yeah. Excited for this one. Uh, I like Person to Person a lot. Uh, Tatiana Hueso, who uh, had her first fiction film a couple years ago, Prayers for the Stolen, which I think a lot of people saw. was mm-hmm. uh, back with another documentary. It is here. The Echo. Uh, Boss DeVos is another uh, director who I've heard good things about. A movie called Ghost Tropic several years ago. Uh, that was well liked. This one's called Here. two uh, to uh, And then uh, the the big surprise was that. Hong Sang Soo is in encounters instead of competition, and the this is there's some paraphrasing going on here, but it's it's basically the case to say that what basically what Carlos Chatrian said is that the movie is too blurry to be in competition. Uh, You can look at the still, you can see uh, it's blurry, and yeah, he was just like. Yeah, he's he's doing something different. He's gotten very interesting interested in blurring the image. Uh, so that's something Christ. new. I mean yeah Sounds <laughs> so very bad. Interesting to see. <laughs> I mean I'm I'm at a kind of peak in how into him I am. I, I, I caught up with in front of your face and thought that was really excellent uh, and now really want to see the
2: novelist's film. Did you, uh, uh, did you see introduction? No, I did that one. I think is people yeah, talk I, about I, novel's film as like the right, sort of. I was
1: gonna say that I, I remembered you were really into that one.
2: Novel's film is still the one from the decade that I haven't seen. Um,
1: yeah, we'll catch up yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, um, there's a a movie by uh, Paul B. Preciado who is a mostly uh, theorist and writer, uh, making his first movie, uh, which it sounds like is, uh, not sounds like, from the title, is clearly a riff on Orlando, uh, the Virginia Woolf, uh, novel that was made into a movie by Sally Potter, uh, a number of years ago. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm both interested in, like, reading his writing. I was, I think, vaguely aware of him, uh, and I'm also just like, it doesn't seem like the skill set involved in being like a theorist and a public intellectual would necessarily Uh-oh. translate to being a filmmaker, but. We get a Froze you know. and Jesse.
2: Yes. Oh. Same here. Yep. yep, yep.
1: Everyone's kind of. Oh, I there guess we it go. Is me. Oh. Are we back?
2: Yeah, I think we're back. You froze for a second.
1: Uh. I was just saying it seems like a interesting uh career choice to go from theory to film. I'm not sure how much the skill sets yeah. overlap, but well, yeah, and I see it's uh, a documentary, curious to see it. it. Yeah, yes, it's a documentary uh it's called the the subtitle is my political biography, so I would imagine yeah. kind of personal essay film. so uh we'll see. Uh, Lois Petinho who's co-directed a uh, co-directed, uh, short with Matias Pinheiro a couple of years ago called Sycorax, that was pretty good and has made a number of his own uh, shorts and features that have been at festivals. We'll uh, be curious to see that. Uh, I talked about the João Canijo movie. Uh, there's uh, a movie called Absence uh, with Lee Kang Shang. So that will be uh, from who's worked with Simon Long a bunch. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Moving on to uh, the Berlinale special program. Uh, It's a lot, you know, some of it's just like more like stuff from other festivals. Like Infinity Pool is going to be there. Oh my God.
0: Uh, Tar.
2: (laughs) They've got... Yes, uh, the been. Helen Mirren
1: Golda Meir movie. <laughs> yeah,
2: <they're
0: laughs> Golda. That. we talked about yeah, we
2: talked about the Rebecca Miller film
1: that's opening. Uh, mm. I know So Chow is a uh, is a Hong Kong director who I, we have friends who really like. Uh, there's a Robert Trentke movie with John Malkovich about Seneca, uh, yeah. and of course, the one that was actually announced as part of this press conference is that. Uh, he gets to the end and he says, oh, and one more thing! Uh, one more addition to the All special! We have a documentary called Superpower, directed by Sean Penn about his time with Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, co-directed with Aaron Kaufman. Uh, so me. everyone get excited. If this thing doesn't have the smelting footage, Sean then Penn. I don't know what on earth. I mean, yeah, right, yes. Yeah. That's absolutely. That is that's what we want, and it's all we want. Um, the Forum, which is, I think, uh, a section that, like, had lots of interesting movies last year, and there continues to be that. I think just, like, uh, skewing even more into experimentalism than Encounters does, uh, starting with uh, the first movie list is a new James Banning movie. I, they had a James Benning movie in Forum, I think last year and the year before, uh, this seems to be where he premieres movies now. This one's called Allensworth, worth, uh, which is apparently about the first self-administered African-American municipality in California. Uh, mm-hmm. the next sentence, because it's a James Benning film begins in lengthy shots. Benning surveys, the buildings, uh, what else have yeah. we got here? Uh, you know, I, I I would like to see more uh, banning certainly. Uh, Concrete yeah. Valley is a movie that not only was did I tough? see, but we yeah. we aired an interview with its director right. Antoine Bourge. Uh, a good movie. Uh, I think I asked him what what's coming up, and he was like, "Oh, it would be nice to get a European premiere." Uh, so here it is, uh, Horse circle, Opera, plus. another movie. Yep, another movie that I saw at TIFF, making its international premiere, uh, mm-hmm. directed by Davy. Davey. Uh, main sort of takeaway from that is that uh, horses look pretty fucked up. I don't know if we should, like, have them around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I like that movie. What's well, your specific objection?
3: What's the... <laughs> They
1: just, like, their bodies are fucked up. I don't think that they should be around people. It just seems like They should be, like, out in the wild, like, like, uh, I don't know, uh, like, like we wouldn't just have giraffes hanging out near people.
2: I bet if people could, they would. Yeah, for sure.
1: Well, we shouldn't. (laughs) Sure, Um, yeah. What else? Uh, Claire Simone has a new documentary called Our Body. I saw her last movie at New York, uh, I want to talk about Dura that was, like, uh, entirely right. taken from transcripts. Um. Doo, 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 doo. <sighs> yeah, and then there's also the forum... Oh, there's, uh, a feature from Barak Shevik, who I feel like we've maybe talked about before. Uh, an experimental filmmaker, uh, was part of the, uh, uh there was the movie last year that sofia Bodanovich did with him and blake williams um yeah and then there's the forum expanded which is like more short so i was like looking through and there's like more stuff where i was like oh yeah i saw that and thought it was good um but yeah i don't know and then panorama is like similarly like there's movies in here where i'm like oh yeah i know that actor i like them uh but not so many that uh i, I like i know the director know more about there's you know there's inside the villain defoe movie that i think right. focus is putting out uh pretty soon so that'll be another uh Another movie that maybe we can see soon from Berlin. Uh, we al- also already talked about some of these movies. I think we already talked about The Passages, is here. We talked about mm-hmm. Reality, the uh, Tina Satter, Sydney Sweeney movie. There's a movie that Sandra Holler's in. Uh, but yeah, that's Berlin. We'll have more when it has happened. Uh, and, you know. There's one thing I we'll... want to point to. Oh.
2: Okay. And this is not really like part of the program. I mean, I, though I I suppose it is. But if you look at their um retrospective section. Uh-huh. Uh they have their list of films that are playing like um they have uh the Maurice Pialat movie, uh Anossa Moore. they have uh one of the Apu trilogy films, but they also have who selected it? For
1: right. So each. this was like a right. This was a specific thing where they were like they asked a bunch of filmmakers to submit their uh, favorite coming of age films.
2: Sure, okay, yeah. And we get, you know, M. Night Shyamalan, he was very president last year, picked uh-huh. The Last Picture Show. Uh, Wes Anderson picked Little Fugitive, Alice Diop, uh, she picked uh, I know some more uh i was just looking at you know all the all the all the all the movies that were playing and i was like wait why is it showing everyone who picked is this something they always do
1: no this Uh, is a new thing they uh they they threw together for this year i think the one the one in there that's funny is that uh juliette binoche picked uh three colors blue making her both the only person i think to pick a movie that she is in that movie is also not really a coming, really of, age a coming of age movie yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe she maybe she's like that's the movie where i feel like i came I, yeah <laughs>
2: yeah very unique uh you know yeah that was yeah i yeah it was movie. okay well i guess that this one is the one that i think (laughs) of that i was in yeah Uh,
1: yes i would let this i I hope that they put out like uh, a program guide or something that's just like a little paragraph from all these people on why they picked this movie uh both to see hers but also in general i think that would be an interesting little accompaniment to this section but yeah, uh, looking forward to hearing about Berlin., uh, so I think now we're gonna get into a few slam dance movies that we have seen., uh, the festival just started the digital section a couple days ago yes uh, uh, you can you can still
0: on. access it dear listener i believe it's through the yep. weekend yeah you're listening to this today, it comes out you can pay 7.99 or 8.99 or whatever it is and get 7.99 access to, uh, mm-hmm. yeah access to almost everything there's a few things that are geo-locked to like utah only or whatever but mm. uh right um, was, but yes yeah. it is uh it is still happening
1: And uh, maybe we can... St- I- I've only seen a couple of things, and one of them I think we're going to hold off on because uh, I don't wanted to watch. But uh, maybe we can start with the other one that I've seen, which also Andy saw, which is yes. uh, Cash Cow, directed yes. by Matt Barats, yes. Uh who is someone who I have been a fan of for a while. I first saw him perform a sketch show that he had written with, uh, John Reynolds of, uh, Search Party and sure. that, uh, other stuff, uh, that they brought down to Philadelphia when I was there called Sadie Hawkins Day, uh, that was very funny, and I've just kind of, you know, I've seen him do other, uh, like, sketch things or performance things since then, have also seen, like, he, he's, you know, I, there's sort of a a like crew of people in New York that in, in stretch in, in general, like just like I feel like there's been a lot of like sketch video stuff coming out of New York that is like interesting, that is they've just kind of put out and has not really taken a festival route. Um you, you know, obviously you can do that with shorts. Uh and then like also I, I think he more specifically is part of a group of people who moved to New York from Chicago uh, around the same time. That's like, you know, Connor O'Malley, John Reynolds, Gary Richardson. And it is interesting, uh, given that Connor O'Malley has kind of gotten some attention from the more like film interested people like he's been written about in reverse shot that uh, Matt Barats is the first of these people to come out. With a feature that is playing film festivals, uh, not premiering at Slam Dance. it premiered in New York at the Spectacle Theater, uh, la- late last year. Uh, but anyway, it is very funny.
0: Yes, I left a lot watching it. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess the premise, right, is it's like, yeah, he, in, in or, or like. I guess mid COVID. It's October. I guess early to mid COVID. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: it's set in yeah, it's set uh, mostly during October of twenty twenty. Yeah. And he gives us lots October. of news
0: updates, which is yes good. <laughs> it's, um, it's, yeah. Uh, he uh, he ha- he, ha- he has recently shot a national spot for Domino's Pizza. Yes, uh, and is waiting uh, pre pandemic. He yes. shot this, and he's waiting for it to air. Uh, it's for a specialized product that they're planning to launch uh mm-hmm. and um he goes on a camping trip he's he's supposed to go with a buddy who books something Her like who starts doing something else who doesn't come yes. with him and he yes. his initial camping site is just sort of by happenstance near the birthplace of joseph smith the founder of the mormon church yes uh mm-hmm. and so he in like Vermont. becomes interested in that history and eventually yes. like as the pandemic continues and as his uh tv spot continues not to air he sort of camps across important mormon historical sites yeah he like, he, he s- basically like to...
1: follows he, he like follows joseph smith along where he moved throughout his life yeah so it's like
0: a mix of like him trying to deliver like this history of joseph smith uh and then also hit tracking his uh mental and financial state as he is waiting for Mm -hmm. this uh, national commercial to air and also like sort of reckon with like mid mid pandemic sort of living all at the same time. It's like this interesting mix of things and it's very deadpan. It's very like just straight down the middle. Uh, He, you know, he's basically the only one who appears talking on camera right? I guess there's, there's,
1: you know, uh, there's some others. There's a few people who are in the backgrounds of Shots. Yeah. And that, or, and then there's, uh, a few phone phone calls calls that he makes. Uh, yeah. And this is in the documentary section of Slamdance and listed as a documentary. Yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, which like I, it, it isn't like, I, I'm sure there is some truth to it. Like clearly he did go on a camping trip and Right. It seems like he was alone for most of this time, and perhaps, uh, and he clearly was also actually in a Domino's ad, yeah. Uh, which I don't, I don't think I remember airing, but like I, I've seen, him I have in vague ads, memories of it. And sure, yeah,
0: he also he was previously in a Grubhub ad, I guess, and like right, you, you yeah, see that
1: if you see. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But anyway, there's also yeah. like a lot of very clearly fictional elements. I mean, like his his friend, the who whole is arc was to his agent, go on the. Yeah. Ch- Right, so the, his friend who was supposed to go on the trip with him is played by Bardia Salimi, who, like, is actually a friend of his who maybe was going to go camping with him, but I right. do not think, he uh, became, a, became, a, YouTuber, tic- like, yeah, became yeah. a TikTok personality called Garbanzo. Uh, and then his, uh, his, his uh, agent is played, by, uh... is played by Anna Fabrega, who's yeah. very funny. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it is. It's just. It is just like uh, I was watching the whole thing and laughing. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, al- it, at, at home alone on my computer. He. The, yeah. And he like had, it. It's. A if you if people. you like go to his Twitter, you'll get oh, an idea of like it, that. It, it's kind of his vibe, although yeah. uh, I think they 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a recurring motif where he's eating sloppy pineapple rings every night for dinner. <laughs> yeah, which is good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um uh there's a couple of very well placed like just like graphic like word graphics on the yes. on the screen yeah, oh that really God. made me yes. laugh a lot. And, yes. You know, it's like very spare. It's all like it's he it's like meant to he's like a one-man operation, yes. right? So it's all like yeah. still shots of the camera. At one point he does reference like, well, I, you know, maybe I spent too much time setting up the camera for all these things and so that's why this bad thing <laughs> right. happened
3: to me. Uh yes.
1: yeah. And it um, yeah, it, it's you know, written, directed by him, yeah. uh Wit Conway, uh helped him edit it, it sounds like and right. also produced it's got it. Got a good score yeah, which
0: uh, someone Yeah. someone wrote uh-huh. uh, for him. It's got like it's a nice like it's got like yep. interesting orchestrations, like more like more full than you would expect for a film of this size. Um, Right,
1: like, you look, if you, like, watch the credits, there's, like, uh, credits for, like, different uh, uh, combinations of musicians who did different parts of the score, like, different quartets and trios. It is, yeah. And so, yeah, it is also just, like, a cool, like oh this like little thing that someone managed to make yeah. uh during and the I think, pandemic right. it
0: does manage to be like genuinely interesting about joseph smith like i learned things about joseph smith's history i think and stuff. so just which yeah. like you know i've been in have we recently started a rewatch of Angels in America. I watched uh, right. in in uh, in the Valley of uh, Heaven or whatever the the Andrew Garfield show. Like, I, there's been a lot of Mormon stuff. I feel like recently,
3: sure. And, like this, and
1: like, like I think he, I think a a sort of like nice little rhetorical trick that he pulls is that there's this like very clear contrast that he makes between the sort of callousness of him being concerned about his commercial and like the pandemic that happens that sort of allows him to mostly just be like, look how stupid all these stories about Joseph Smith are without, like, uh, diminishing the, like, actual harm that both he was doing and that the Mormon Church does now. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, uh, there there are points where he's being very clear about the harm that Joseph Smith was doing. Yeah. Uh, sure. But, yeah, so... Highly recommended that one. Hopefully, it uh, continues to make the rounds. Yeah. Um, I know you've seen more, a little more. I've Andy. seen,
0: yeah. I saw two other features in a short. In a short, I guess briefly, the short. I just I watched Jerrod uh, Milligan's short, uh, which okay. um, is called uh, Mahogany Drive, uh, which is you know it's like a thirteen minute comedy short. It's it's like a comedy sketch it's funny um uh the other um uh fiction film i saw was called nut jobs uh which is directed by alexander leblanc who's a, a french canadian uh director and it's um it's it's pretty wild it's like very gonzo like uh it's in it's in black and white it's this story of like mind control like right wing radio and political uprising uh there's it's like got like there's a lot of like white um line art that appears on the screen a lot so like there's like hypnotism and like the like the circles will come from people's mm. eyes like that sort of stuff it's very like fractured narrative jumping all over the timeline conspiracy theory like deliberately like ridiculous and confusing and there's like a you know there's there's a the amateur theater troupe who does like silly like amateur theater exercises there's a conceptual artist in it who like does crazy conceptual art there's um there's a really funny secret society scene where it's called Norm, N O R M M, and like they keep every time they say Norm, they all go Norm, and it sounds like Cheers, it's, which I found very <laughs> funny. Um, uh, yeah, it's like you know I couldn't really follow the plot really. I was you know it's <laughs> it's in it's in French, and I was maybe not sure. giving it totally the complete attention that it, it needed. I mean, but like this sounds very French. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, yeah, his intro also is, like, if you watch the intro, it's, like, him in black and white, there's a guy standing behind him in, like, a dog mask or something, or a monkey mask, in a suit, just, like, sort of standing there, and then at the end of it, he, like, like, says, like, like, you will adore this film, you will adore this film, over and over, and, like, does the, like, hypnotist (laughs) stuff, um, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's very Mm -hmm. silly, I, I had a pretty good time with it,
1: and and I think it's worth checking out, um, You've convinced me. Yeah, The speaking of the intros, the Matt Barrett's intro is fun, too. Yes. Another good, like, getting you into in the, tone the, of the mood film. of yes, the film. that's right. Yeah.
0: Um, and then the other thing I watched was the documentary, which I actually... I had to get a screener for, because it's in Utah only, but the filmmaker sent me a screener. Uh, and it's called Sign the Stage, which actually is interesting, given our previous conversation about the caption devices uh-huh. uh, at... Um, at Sundance uh and so this is it's uh, like it is entirely a talking heads documentary uh there's subtitles across the bottom the whole time but it is like with both like art like art just right like mainstream artists and also like s- deaf people and interpreters uh about the experience about like the world of Sign language interpretation for like live events, essentially. There's like a whole section on music. There's a whole section on, uh, uh, there's a little section on theater on that mostly focuses on the, um, the Deaf West production of Spring Awakening that was on Broadway. Um, and then a section on comedy. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a real like, it's an interesting subject matter and I think there is good stuff in it, but it is a real like catch 22 of like, you have all these famous people who are, like, not necessarily saying things that are extremely enlightening on the subject. They're just, like, saying very, gen- like, she clearly mm-hmm. like, she, the director clearly went to, like, some comedy festival and, like, grabbed a bunch of comedians and interviewed them all for ten minutes in front of the same tree. Uh-huh. And everyone says the same thing of, like, yeah, I think accessibility is a good thing and we should have it at every uh-huh. show or whatever, which is, like, not really that like not doing much for Mm. me and it's like not super strongly put together and the footage doesn't even doesn't really necessarily look that it's like clearly like a really like shoestring operation um but there Mm -hmm. is some good stuff from especially from people who have done the sign interpretation of like especially with Mm -hmm. musicians and stuff there's some really interesting like of people who like the guy some people who like chance the rapper like they sign for him and then he like really liked them and like took them on tour with with him and like there's some of that like some of those stories and some and there's some interesting stuff also about like different philosophies of like you know how much are you just literally signing like what the words are how much are you uh-huh. like adapting it more into like ASL syntax and putting your own spin on things and like deaf people obviously have like different opinions on that and like I wish it got into that sort of thing more where it was like yeah what Pe- what people wanted out of it and how would they differed and like what and how they approached those things. But a lot of it is just basically like trying to raise awareness of like this access should be more standard and easier to go by. And like the ADA opened all these doors, but like it only went so far. And like, I, I, there was a, a lot there that i wish it was like more focused on instead of like here's kelly clarkson to say like that she loves music and that music <laughs> yeah. should be universal or whatever <laughs> um, so uh, I, I i don't think it's a, a an ultimately a great document but i do think there's some interesting stuff in there if you're uh, if you're interested in the subject matter which i i certainly yeah, like i think it's an inter- certainly an interesting subject yeah um uh it might be worth checking out if you're looking for that but uh, i was left wanting on the on the filmmaking level
1: Alright, well yeah, I mean we I think we're gonna talk about uh waiting for the light to change next week, which I saw but I will recommend checking that out. Uh since you've still got some time. Um But yeah, I don't know. Are we are we done?
2: Do we wanna do some quick uh keeping with tradition and do Oh Berlin predictions, predictions of what will win uh oh, Golden I've got
1: a to... Oh, the Bear. Golden Bear! Sure, sure, sure. I thought you were going to say what's going to win Sundance. Um, what's gonna oh, I guess Golden we can Golden? do both. Um, yeah, I don't know if we've ever there's predicted just so much Sundance. Stuff at yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it's right. Sundance, it dollars. would yeah. The competition. It would be what's going to win. Yeah, the competition's not very many. The, the U S. Sure. dramatic competition. Okay, what's going to well, win? U S. competition. Yeah, we can do,
3: both. Right. We can do both for sure. We
1: do. Yeah, we do. In a moment to re familiarize myself right, we, yeah, with... this
0: might be an edit point. We might be cutting out some stuff here. Will, um,
1: I'll I'll get us started. I'll just say, uh, this is uh, in in terms of what Berlin looks like. Like, I think it's a very interesting competition. There's like again, very, like very prominent uh, German contingent. There's a lot of stuff that I'm like, oh, I'm interested in that. There's not a lot of like, oh, high profile. This is a a big director so there's not uh there's not a lot of people to point to like oh this person makes so much sense to win a golden bear so like it's very possible it's just like one of the movies that we didn't really talk about wins but i will just go ahead and say that uh because of that it's Petzold's
2: year all right i was was thinking that as well Um... For um, Berlin, I think I'm going to follow a similar path, but go a little s- l- skewed and say that uh, music, the Janeluk will win. Sure, sure.
1: We, of course, we do know. We don't know most of the jury. We do know that Kristen Stewart is the president.
2: Yeah. Um, I'll write this down.
3: I'm gonna say Philippe Garrel. Wow, the plow. Mm-hmm. Andy. All
2: right, uh, I will go with
0: the. Let's see, let's do uh, the. Uh, a bad living, the one with the with the par- partner and yeah. the other and the other. Sure. Um. I think that's interesting. I, what if they I, both
1: win? That would I be, mean, yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Um... Alright. I'm ready with a Sundance pick, but I don't want to... I don't want to take right. the first pick We should probably go again. reverse order, I guess, for this one. Yeah, right? we'll do reverse. Right. If, yeah. if you're ready, Andy.
0: Uh, give me just a second to pull up the lineup. I've seen a few. Um, you have. I have. Uh, I... You know, um let's just go with one I saw that I think is very strong, uh, fancy dance. Okay. Which uh, stars Lily Gladstone, and I, saw, really gladstone. and I saw and I like
1: it.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about it next week, or yeah. you will at
3: least. Yes.
1: Uh Amelia. I was
3: looking at who the Jurious.
1: it's uh, Marlee Matlin Jeremy oh, O'Harris man. and Eliza Hittman.
3: Hittman that's interesting that's interesting yeah I am going to go with the film all dirt rose tastes of salt hmm a 24 film directed
1: um, by I... Jackson, produced by Barry Jenkins
2: I think I'm going to go I'm gonna go with shortcomings. Mm-hmm. This is the um Remind
1: us what that is.
2: You know, it's the one that uh, <laughs> follows Ben and Miko and Alice as they navigate a range of interpersonal relationships that traverse the country in search of the ideal connection. This is the one directed by
1: Randall Harst. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. a <laughs> <I>, uh, <laughs> battle
0: on
1: Tony
2: Simons is in it. <laughs>
1: Truly picking a name
2: out well, of the hat hey.
1: from Cullen. What
2: do
3: you mean? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, as a result, my pick's still left. I think they're just going to give it to theater camp. I feel like there was a lot of talk of uh, very receptive audiences at Listen. the festival. Uh, I also, be... some very receptive audiences not at the festival. Yes, I would be very happy if that happened. Uh, I want yeah. the soundtrack immediately. Um,
2: oh, is there a lot of songs? Oh, I guess there's, they a, sing there's a lot of the original songs, musical yeah. in the last like 12 minutes. <laughs> oh, okay, minutes. sure. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about it next week. Um, um, yeah, we get our.
3: We Sounds
0: get our like questions. a threat. <laughs> um, I wrote. Da- I, I wrote down so many quotes from it. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm not going to just recite the quotes. That would ruin it. Yeah, this is your IMD. like Anchorman. he's going to fill out the I N D. Um. Yeah. So, Special yeah.
2: presentations.
0: Oh, right. Have I watched anything else
2: in the last week or two? <laughs> I can go first if we want, and we're ready to start going. Sure, go for it. Mm-hmm. So, next week, I'm sure we will talk a lot about the film Last Things by Deborah mm-hmm. Um But in that film, at the end, with all of the sort of citations and acknowledgments of what uh, resources she used to make the movie, she mentions uh, a essay by Elliot Weinberger called uh, "A Calendar of Stones." And the sort of long line of the essay is it's 28 descriptions of rocks in different times and places, numbered in accordance with the phases of the moon. It is so good. (laughs) I read it, and I was just like, it was a real sort of, um... Like, I just felt like my brain was on fire. I was like, there's so much in this. This is so exciting to read. Um, I, I don't think it's findable online just by itself. It was published, um in his book of essays, The Ghosts of Birds, which is his most recent one, I think. Um, But it's just, this is, I was talking in the sort of, uh, in our group chat about, there's like, it's just like, you know, historical events surrounding stones and the importance of stones and culture and rocks and culture. And there's this phenomenon that they're talking about um, that you can find, it's like an Australian newspaper where this uh from like the eighteen hundreds where this guy this farmer uh was like there's rocks that are like heavy rocks falling from our ceiling onto the ground. It only happens when my wife is in the room and it does no damage to the ceiling. We don't know where they're coming from, and people were coming from all around to see this, and it was like this phenomenon that was happening. Um and and it's just like this reporting of these stones, uh really was I was just like, What is how is this a thing that, like, we're not always talking about? It really, I was just like, this is crazy. But there's, like, a lot of um, things like that of just, like, interesting bits of uh, information about rocks and history and, like, how people worship rocks and how what people think about, like, saints and everything. And I was just like, this is crazy. But it's great, and I recommend it. And uh, I, I'm very excited to read more uh of his essays now that I have the one, the book that has
1: it. Alright, well, I can go next then, because I'm also gonna, uh, talk about, uh, an essay, or I guess in this case, uh, a paper, uh, as I, I have not read or watched a whole lot lately, because I, uh, just finished my semester and have been very tired, uh, and so I, swerved, and as I mentioned, uh, after reading that Variety article, I was like, I want to have more of an academic understanding of accessibility, Uh, and found a paper called uh, The Nature of Accessibility Studies from, like, maybe ten years, no, less, more like five years ago, uh, by John Maria Greco, and I was initially like, why am I reading uh, journal article, uh, in between semesters, I, I actually, I think it is, I found it to be very readable, uh, it's by John Maria Greco, a Spanish academic, uh, and I did find it interesting to, like, it, it, he's, like, being very clear that he's, like, this is, like, a survey of a survey, uh, and it's in, uh, a journal, uh, about translation for, uh, audiovisual media so it is mostly from that perspective but is like how that became a field and it's like uh he like goes back and forth between like talking more specifically about some of the work he's doing and some of the work that's happened in terms of translation and subtitling and then just like going way further out and talking about just like the nature of academia and how fields form uh, and so I was left with a number of questions. There were things where I was like, eh, I don't know if I really agree with that. I feel like there needs to be more work there and maybe has been. Uh, but I was very surprised to find myself enjoying reading this article.
0: And Uh I can Oh, go. All right, report. I can go. Yeah, I have a little bit of a twofer. Uh, one is just um, uh, watching the Oscar nominations is so enjoyable. I really like it. I think Riz Ahmed and Alison Williams did a great job this year. Uh, I'm glad that they just sort of uh, went back to basics with it. They have done these like weird produced video packages previously, and I, I don't like them as much as when they just read those names. And I mm-hmm. uh, have two people who have clearly practiced how to pronounce the names, which is great. Uh, secondly, uh, Ron Howard's been kicked around a lot on this podcast. Uh, and I'm here to tell you, he made a good one, uh, and that is uh, 13 Lives" is uh, streaming now on Amazon uh, Prime Video. Uh, it's a real, just like by the book, like basics, like process sort of thriller of like that. Watching them rescue these these children and their coach from uh from the 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 cave, the Thai cave rescue, the famous Thai cave cave rescue from a few years ago. Uh, I think it's really well done. I think it. You know, for, like, an American production, it does do an okay job of, like, giving voice to, like, the people who are actually being affected by this, who live there. Like, I do think, like, there's a few brief moments of characterization of the coach that I really valued and, like, found very moving. Uh, And I think it's, like, very exciting and, like, the way that it looks is really great. Like, all the underwater stuff that they filmed is really, really cool. All the moving through the cave is actually, like, really, like, tense and visceral Uh, And, yeah, it's just, like, a real solid movie that I think is certainly well worth your time. It's uh, it's just sitting right there on Amazon Prime right now.
2: Yeah.
1: God bless Ron Howard for doing the bare minimum.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he did make a good one. There's, (laughs) There's no denying. I don't know if it's, like, I don't feel the Ron Howard touch watching 13 Lives. I'm just like, yeah, anyone could have made this movie with this team. I feel like it's a good crew behind it. But uh, I agree. Um, I think the movie
3: very good, though. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what uh, I read. The Spy Who Came in from the Cold, the John Le Carre novel, that was pretty good. Had a great ending. Uh yes. you know, it's spy stuff. It's Le Carre. A lot of lots of twists and turns. Uh, people should read it. In my book, there. That's all. <sighs> all right.
2: Well, if you want to follow the podcast, you can do so on Twitter at Can I Kick It? On Instagram and Letterboxd at C-I-K-I-Pod. You can send us emails at Pod at gmail.com. You can send us money. You can, uh, uh, if you like what you are hearing, you can contribute to us via our coffee page, which is ko-fi.com slash uh our sound our, our theme song is by tree related who's on soundcloud and spotify at tree related i'm on twitter and Letterbox at cladley i'm at andy t germ
0: and y t g e r m is in mary i laugh
3: alone on twitter i'm left alone no i'm left alone on twitter i laugh alone on Letterboxd. gotta get that synergy man it's been three years <laughs> What am I gonna do? Switch to I'm I laugh alone on Letterboxd? That's such an F <laughs> Yeah Go back to Emilio. If anyone and has uh, right, if anyone has
0: word on how to get to Elon to do us a favor of just opening up I Laugh Alone for Emilio yeah. on Twitter, let us know.
1: Sure. JCP Blake <laughs> Weber. And with that, I'll release our audience. Bye. Bye. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye. Weekend evening. <laughs>